My name is Mark Viquez, and this is the Ballpark Hunter Podcast, a weekly show that discusses topics at the ballpark from the game day experiences, stadium news, logo changes, and everything else that's brewing at the game. We cover it all from the baseball to the beer. Invite you to stay tuned and hope you enjoy. All right, Disco is not dead. Hello, this is Mark Piquez, and welcome to the Ballpark Hunter podcast. With me today is Greg Sullivan, team owner and president of the Carolina Disco Turkeys of the All-American Amateur Baseball Association. That's a mouthful. Greg, thank you for taking the time today. So far, how's the offseason? Hey, Mark, it's good. Um, Busy, um, as you might expect, but... um... We've had a lot of snow here, so trying to get work done at the house. Um, but it, it's been a good off season, um, you know, like a lot of teams. Um, we had a little merchandise uptick around the holidays, and now we're kind of in the mode of making sure uh, we get everything we need for the season delivered on time in terms of uh, baseballs, um, you know, any kind of merchandise you want for the season, some stuff right now it's with supply chain issues that people have been dealing with or, uh, you know, you have to get the orders in now or maybe even before to get stuff in for. So, so how our- much of a delay are people seeing? Like if I ordered a hat on National Hat Day, which I guess was uh, January 15th, is there a slight right. delay or is there? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, it's not for that kind of thing it's not a big deal okay. uh, for me it's more like you know if we're buying like oh uh ha- like stock hats for Team our gear. You, you know yeah it's it's more of uh you know the shipping stuff's not a big deal okay so it's stuff that you're ordering to come into the to the business exactly you oh know, okay my bad like anything that's like you know shipped <laughs> yeah uh, from overseas or something would be tough but uh you know like we just ordered baseballs it wasn't too much of a lag but things like that i'm just trying to be early so it's not an issue no okay i see what you mean uh i could attest to that i used to coach uh, middle school baseball and two of the years that i coached we didn't order our hats on time so right. we had kids wearing navy blue caps of all different teams to our, our home opener for two years yeah. in a row. And I said, that's it. We're, we're ordering caps in August for our games in March. Cause I, that was embarrassing for me. And that's just a middle school team. So I yeah. hear you there. I definitely hear you there. So off season is, is an effect. Uh, but let's go back to, I think I might've talked to you last year around this time. You, you introduced the name of the team. Hmm. You pick the Carolina disco turkeys. How did that come about? Was this uh, something everybody agreed on or did somebody say, no, I want this name or did, was it a fight? How did it come about? Yeah, no, it was not a poll tested thing at all. I'm not really a big believer in that mm. for the most part. Um, and I think that's kind of where we got where we are. Um, you know, it was something I wanted to do. Uh, and, and, you know, really a lot of people were just like, yeah. All right. Let's do it. You know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I don't think I expected the results of, you know, just people's reaction to be what they are. You know, I, I've thought about that some and it's, you know, it's something that appeals across a lot of groups, you know, like I think a lot, a lot of the baseball industry people, I'm um, just kind of like baseball nerds, you know, 
we all kind of like it, but it also appeals to people that don't even like sports, you know, um, we, we've had some interesting groups of people, you know, come out to games that you wouldn't expect. And I think the name is part of it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Carolina disco turkeys. Now I I'm led to believe that that's, is a, a local term for a peacock. Is that accurate? We, we try to kind of say that. I mean, try it, to it, say it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a little, you know, not just tied to this region. It's just a, a thing that's becoming what you call them, kind of like trash pandas is has become raccoons. Yes. Yes, definitely. Now, who's the person who said disco turkeys? That would be me. That um, would be you. Was this yeah. now was this something you had been sitting on for a long time, or did it just come up to your head one day? Um, no, I mean, well, I I would say. Yes and no. I mean, we, we, I mean, it took a long time to get everything going. Um, and, you know, even to the point, especially because of COVID, um, you couldn't really have a fixed plan of what you were going to do um, because facilities were very hard to acquire um, during that time. Um, you know, different municipalities, you know, colleges wouldn't be open to certain teams coming in. Um, so once we opened up to the idea of, okay, we live in Winston-Salem, we want to have a team in Winston-Salem, but we might have to call it Carolina anyway during COVID because we're not sure where we're going to be able to <laughs> find a facility for this year. Definitely. Uh, and, and then, uh, Carolina really worked well with disco turkeys. I, I was worried about, you know, if we were the Winston-Salem disco turkeys, it would just be very hard to say. I agree with you. <laughs> I know. I agree with you. There's some names out there. And, and I always think when you come up with a good uh, team name, it has to roll off the tongue. Nice. Cause you want to say it. Cause you know, like Savannah bananas, that's just kind of fun to say, even though you may not like the team, but it's kind of fun to say Carolina disco turkeys. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah, I think that's key. And I agree. Savannah bananas is, is a good one. As bacon, far as, bacon. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. There's, there's a lot out there. Portland pickles. I mean, uh, you know, that alliteration, you know, the, the way it comes off the rolls off your tongue. It's uh, you know, it's just like, there's a team in battle Creek, Michigan. They're looking. One of the options is the battle Creek battle jacks. Mm -hmm. I wish they would be called the Michigan battle jacks. I think that sounds a little bit better. That's just me. These are things I think about. And <laughs> if I ever get anybody from the club up there, I'll ask them that question on the podcast. So, uh, so uh, when you were talking about naming the team, uh, I'm safe to say Truist Field was not the original place to play, or was that the ideal place? Well, I, I think it was a, a place we were interested in, but I don't think we were sure just reaching mm. out that they were going to say yes. Okay. Plus, we were dealing with uh, COVID and, uh, you know, I think my, at the time we were initially talking, it wasn't 100% <laughs> that, that yeah. teams were starting back up again because we, we just had that year of no baseball for a lot of places. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, definitely it's uh, – and I assume you're going back to Truist Field this season, correct? That's the plan, yes. That's the plan, okay. Do you ever see the team – maybe having their own stadium in the future, or is that something a little bit way off at the moment? Yeah, we're not really thinking too much about okay. that right now. I, I think, uh, you know, 
you know, if you're starting to look at like five year and 10 year plans, you know, we'll have a lot of questions to answer at some point, you know, about, you know, if we want to join a league or something like that, where we have to play a certain number of home games, you know, then, then you're looking at, okay, how do you make that work with sharing a facility if you have to add uh, X amount of dates and, and that could get a little tricky, but right now we're just enjoying uh, playing over there and, you know, the home games that we have, you know, just making them as fun as we can. Yeah, definitely. So what, what would be an experience like? Uh, I have, was down in the, the triad this summer. Unfortunately, it didn't work out to see a, a disco turkeys game, but what would a typical atmosphere be like? What, what are some things that you provide that you want fans to take away from? Yeah, I think just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a little different, you know, it's like, we're, we're, uh, I think, I think one of the kind of beautiful things about summer, summer ball, like summer collegiate, um, is you have a little more freedom than some teams do. You know, if you, we played a game in shorts this past year, um, you know, if you tried to, you know, ask the New York Yankees, if their farm club could dress in shorts for a game, you're not going to have a lot of luck, you know, but for me, it's like, I have to ask my players, you know, to a certain extent on something weird like that. But, you know, as long as, they're willing to do it and it's not like a major safety issue and you know it's it's something we can explore um so we'll try some outside the box things like that um you know that got a lot of attention for us locally and a little bit nationally because it was a uh kind of calling back to those 70s white Sox teams that tried that out um so we, we we do some fun things like that um but just in general you know we have a lot of music um we try to play stuff that people heard, you know, or people like to listen to, but it's uh, maybe not what you'd expect to hear in the stadium. So uh, we kind of, this past year, we've, we played disco for walk-up music. Um, You know, the players, some of them like it more than others, but it was kind of getting that idea of like intentional music um, incorporated into the game day experience going. And then, um, and then we played like a lot of non-disco music, um, you know, between innings. So it could be like an indie rock song for one, between one inning. It could be a, you know, classic rock or a soul song, another, another inning or country. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's an experiment trying to figure out, okay, we want a certain amount of disco. How do we do it where the people that come there wanting that get enough, but like the people who are kind of indifferent to disco, feel like they're you know getting a, a little bit of a mix yeah i i have a feeling if this was 1980 uh this would not work out playing disco music but it's i think enough time has passed where there's a whole generation of folks that were not alive uh during the the heyday of the disco ball or the bgs would say hey this is a lot of fun let's uh let's check that out i think that's it i think it's yeah. for the most part people you know, some people love it, but I think for the most part, people like passively think it's kind of fun. You know, if every team they played did the same thing, it, it wouldn't be the same probably, but I think people like it. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's uh, I'm looking at the uniforms. It's a little homage to the old Atlanta Braves jerseys with the uh, the sleeve logo. Love the pullovers. Uh, what did what did the players think about the uniforms, including even wearing the shorts? Did they have any complaints? Do they have any surprises? Yeah, I think the players love the uniforms. Um, 
you know, when most of these guys signed on with us before last season, they hadn't seen it. Um, you know, we really just brought them out at the first or second practice and they were, you know, they were pretty, like you saw like big smiles get on their face, you know, um, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I would say recruiting last year was just odd because there were a lot of things we, we were worried about our announcement and like not leaking all the information by, you know, telling a player and the player telling somebody, and especially with a name like Carolina Disco Turkeys, there's, there's a little bit of a risk there of, uh, you know, our surprise getting spoiled. Um, so we had guys that didn't even know what the team was really. And uh, we just had to kind of sell them on, you know, Hey, we're playing in this cool place and uh, you know, you're going to play some other good teams. And, and then uh yeah, I mean, they were surprised by the name and then surprised again by the uniform. Um, the shorts, you know, I think they had fun with it on the game day, you know, but I, the general impression I got was they figured like once or twice was enough, you know. Yeah, let's, let's not do this again. <laughs> yeah, and so I listen, you know, I, f- I feel like that's the thing, you know, I don't want to make their experience feel like a gimmick to them. So like we'll we'll do some cool stuff and, you know, if they're enjoying it, we might push the envelope some, but like, you know, we can, there's other fun things we can do. We don't have to do that every time. No, no, I, 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 I'm looking at a picture of the shorts right here. And uh, I know the Sacramento Solons also wore shorts for a <laughs> few games. And I think 1974, they were a triple a team. So it's uh, I, I know when Bill Vec did it for the white Sox, it was all about publicity and to get some attention, but some players said they liked, you know, from the White Sox said they enjoyed playing in that, but I can't imagine sliding and getting a cut on your legs somewhere. But we had a couple guys that probably got into it too yeah. much. Like they wanted to be seen. Just, oh, really? We had a couple like head first dives of just, you know, guys just hmm. probably just, you know, there were, there was a little more of a crowd that day for that, I think. Okay. And, then, and then they were trying to show off a little bit and, uh, you know, nice. It was interesting. Nice. It was interesting. Nice. Okay. So, like I said, you got this great logo. It's definitely eye-catching. Uh, it's big. It's bold. It's bright. It's it's a peacock. You don't see a lot of peacocks out there. I know the Lincoln Potters have a, a peacock mascot uh, out there in California. Uh, when you are talking about merchandise sales, uh, how many states have ordered a peacock cap or shirt? Yeah, I mean, for I could tell you states off the top of my head because it's all of them. Um, nice. And, and actually, I mean, we were really lucky. And to be honest, I mean, to put it in like context, you, there are so many like startup costs and just like unexpected things that it's just if you have a little bit of luck that first year with merchandise, it, it just really helps offset some little things here and there where you know something costs a little more than you expected. Um, and uh, you know. The first, within the first three weeks, we'd hit all 50 states. Now, some of the states, that's one sale, but it's still pretty cool. To be able that's, to no, it, hey, it counts. One sale is is, uh, is is all you need. And you can put that map up and say, hey, we have sold in all states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. International sales as well? or Yeah, we have... We've, we've had a lot, I, I think. And, and, you know, like certain places seem to be... I mean, obviously... English speaking places, maybe because of the name, but definitely uh, Canada, you know, is, is pretty big. Um, I think we had a little bit of media coverage in Quebec for some reason. So, 
you know, mm. there's a, so, so it's a francophone following too, I guess, but wow, the, sh- the shipping, it's really hard to get the shipping prices low. And so, you know, it would be interesting what our international sales would be if, uh, if it costs the same, you know, but like, there are some of these orders where it's like they're paying more to ship it than they yes. are the actual shirt, you know what I mean? And so, which is tough. So and that's, a, and that's out of your control, correct? It is. Yeah. yeah I think, I think it's mostly collectors that are buying them from other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I looked at a Sydney blue Sox cap from Australia and their, I think their shipping cost was about $27 for a $32 cap. Now that's yeah. in Australian dollars, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've been ordering a lot of hats lately and I, I've seen prices as low as six fifty to about 11. And I'm just curious, is that what the U S postal service or UPS charge? And if that's the case, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to say, I want this hat. I'm going to have to pay a little more for shipping. And, but I have the hat, I get to wear it. I get to display it. So you know, yeah, I, I wish I wish there was a way, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, well, but it, it is cool. I mean, I would say, you know, I, I, I haven't been in, in, you know, like merchandise and stuff, you know, for very long, but except with just with this team. And, you know, I do really appreciate like the people that buy the official stuff from the team, um, you know, which is, you know, we know that a lot of these teams are like small organizations and, um that's pretty cool. And, and, you know, we, I guess just because you know, some of the initial interests we had, we had a lot of like knockoffs and stuff and, you know, it, it's, I think something, you know, like a lot of the affiliated clubs, I think they might like pool resources to like combat some of that stuff mm-hmm. online and stuff like that, you know, like affiliated teams. Um, but I look at other clubs in the summer collegiate, you know, like even the Savannah bananas, like sometimes I'll Google just to see, how many like knockoffs there are, you know, in the Google results for some of these different teams. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that I would pay $25 shipping for a lot of overseas uh, merchandise just because of the reality of family budgets. But I will say, you know, it's pretty cool that people are loyal to these small organizations. Yeah, I, I know. It, it, you know, I get it. It takes, uh, it makes a difference when you're buying it. But like I said, I'm looking at the, the home and away jerseys here, or at least your blue and white jerseys. And, you know, for 60 bucks, I mean, that's, that's just a good looking thing to have. And, you know, one day those would be sold out. You move on to another look yeah. and somebody be searching eBay, say, where can I get a disco turkeys uh, Jersey from 2021? Well, <laughs> should have paid the 60 bucks plus, you know, 10, 12 bucks shipping handling could have had it. <laughs> Could have had it hanging yeah, up in your, yeah. your closet. We tried, we tried to have like an affordable replica. It's, it's uh, you know, tough. It's tough to decide, like, if you're trying to do the exact same thing the players wear, if yeah. you wear it's Because for us, like, we're in the South and it's the summer. So it's like a – most teams have like a meshier product just for player satisfaction, you know. But that's not what, a, you know, an MLB jersey would be like. So um, we tried to come up with something that would be like, sort of budget friendly you know where it's not mm-hmm. like pricing everybody out but also yeah. no that's not bad no 60 bucks is not a bad i mean and that's these are nice looking jerseys i mean they're they're you know it's not your basic you know typical font it's a pullover which i wish more teams would adopt pullovers in baseball so that's uh you know it's, it's a lot of 
you know, and I, like I said, I love the white jersey with uh, the the sleeve logo there of the uh, feather. Very seventies, you know. So, yeah. are, are you looking to have most of your jerseys with a seventies look, or would you ever come up with a modern jersey, or is is that part of being a uh, being called the Carolina Disco Turkeys? You know, I, I think uh, we like to kind of riff off of things where there's a precedent so i think like the shorts thing was an example of that beyond just the uniform um and then yeah i think you know there there's probably modern influences but it's based on something that's existed before you know so we try i mean you know i'm not the person who drew the designs and everything but it it, uh you know he i know he incorporated a, a few different 70s style nlb looks um but yeah i I can say you know we are uh yeah i can't say too much about it right now but we are trying to do uh kind of like an alternate identity for uh for this coming season for a couple games so um we're having fun kind of stepping out of that box um a little bit and uh you know it just going with something more of of a classic style and uh you know, I think, I think it's fun if you, if you're someone who likes style and uniforms and stuff, you know, this is kind of what you like. So. Okay. Anything you can tell us about the upcoming season or is it all a secret right now? Oh, um, no, I mean, yeah, we're, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I can say a lot. I mean, I, I think, you know, we're trying to build a good schedule for the players. Um, we, we've had to kind of pause on announcing some of that stuff because um, some leagues that we play against haven't announced their league schedules yet. Okay. So we, we've got some holding pattern things, but we're, we're doing a We last year, we had a lot of games within an hour and a half. So, you know, this year we're, you know, taking the guys to the beach, we're going to play the Wilmington sharks um, out there. We're going to, you know, play in some cities we haven't, Nice. played before like the ashborough zookeepers they just oh yeah got their new identity we're going to play it at those guys we're going to play um i guess the forest city owls for the first time so so we're, we're kind of expanding you know some of our travel um still going up to pennsylvania for the triple aba tournament too and uh looking forward to getting back up kind of to our second home up there um yeah and just you know we'll we'll also be looking to play in a couple other markets, um, just kind of neutral site type games to, oh. to ex- expand our map a little bit. So we, we've been, you know, trying to find a couple minor league type parks um, in other cities to, to you know, kind of grow the brand. You know, when you're Carolina, you can do that. But most of our games will be um, in Winston-Salem again as well. Okay, definitely. Yeah, and that's, that's right. Johnstown Point Stadium. Uh, you guys uh, took part last year in the uh, the tournament, correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's cool. It's a it's really old school. Um, but you know, there, there were a couple local teams that played, but I, I think we were probably the favorite outside of those two. Um, and we did that. The team that knocked us out was Paul Carpenter's, one of the Johnstown teams, and. Uh, there were probably about two or 3000 fans watching mm. the game we were in, which is cool. Cause you know, in, in summer wood bat, it's, you know, some, sometimes the crowds are in the hundreds. So yeah. Oh yeah. You know, there, there were thousands of fans and, and like 
like half of them are rooting for us just because of I wouldn't even just say just because of our logo I mean I think the logo and the name attracted kind of an interesting quirkier type player that kind of wanted that that kind of persona for the team and uh they were just kind of getting out and dancing and like interacting with fans and stuff more more than a lot of other teams and I I think that even though we're not from there they kind of embraced us yeah you know I mean that that's great if you just started and fans are already embracing you up in uh Johnstown Pennsylvania that means you're doing something right so that's uh that's fun to see you guys sort of uh promoting yourself uh I not sure who I had a conversation with might have been somebody from Savannah you know that's what George Hallis did with the Chicago Bears in the 1920s he promoted the heck out of his team the Bears and he had them playing all over the country not that you guys are going to do that quite yet but a little bit similar going all over Carolina going up to Pennsylvania so uh that's what that which I still have to do these days. And uh, it's, it's, it's great to see the name and the attention you guys are getting. So best of luck uh, this year and, and many years after. Thank you, Mark. So anyway, great conversation today. Uh, I think we'll just wrap this up with uh, one thing you hope to happen this year for the, the disco turkeys. The one big objective you like to meet. Or two. <laughs> or three, well, I don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, we, we got a lot of interest all over the country, which is amazing and great. Um, you know, I think for me, you know, I'd like to grow our local following even more. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some interest, but, you know, I was at like our big, I guess you would call it like a county fair type thing, where it's the big event, you know, as far as masses of people coming into town and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people you could see people kind of pass us and be vaguely familiar, but like the, you know, you realize how much of a bubble you're in, you know, like people like in some random towns, like 10 minutes from your city, don't know who you are yet. You know, you've been around a year. Um, and so I, I, I see a lot of potential, I guess is sure. what I'm saying to really uh, expand awareness of what we're doing and, and bring bigger crowds, make the, the entertainment bigger for the players. All right. Sounds great. So before we go, where can you tell people to find you guys online? Oh yeah. We're at uh shopdiscoturkeys.com and we're at discoturkeys.com. Um, you know, if you're looking for info about the team and uh, you know, that's where our schedule and all that'll be coming out here coming up. All right. And they have some really nice merchandise on their uh, website. And, you know, sometimes when you buy hats, you don't know what type of hat you're buying because the picture is not great. That's not the case here. The, the, the pictures are aligned pretty well. So uh, once again, thank you for coming on and sharing some stories about the Disco Turkeys. Uh, we're with uh, Greg Sullivan, team owner and president. Best of luck this year and uh, hope to talk again. Thanks, Mark. Take care. You too. Okay, thank you, Greg. That was Greg Sullivan of the Carolina Disco Turkeys, which I just found out today that a Disco Turkey is not a col uh, colloquialism. Oh, thank God I said that for a peacock in the Carolinas. So we uh, we squashed that. And he's the guy who came up with that name, Disco Turkeys. I guess I should have asked him if he had any other kind of wild names that uh, he thought about using. So, yeah, Disco Turkeys kind of in a little interesting situation. They do not belong to a particular summer collegiate league. They are considered amateur. They do share their stadium with the Winston-Salem Dash which are a Chicago White Sox farm club. And 
you know, they, he's got to do a lot of work. He's got to, you know, schedule the games. He's got to recruit the players. He's got to make sure everybody's happy. You know, I uh, would tell people if you ever want to get into any kind of level of, of baseball, amateur, or way up to the major leagues, got to do a lot of work. And the lower leagues you are, the more hats you wear. So uh, Greg is already planning for the, uh, the upcoming season. And you know what? Check out the latest news uh, on that team. Just go to their website. You can also check my articles out on Stadium Journey. StadiumJourney.com, the industry's leader in sport venue reviews. Uh, so I don't know about you, but I'm wrapping it up for the night. Join me next time when we talk a little Dub C fish sticks. Yes, we're going to reach out to the Pacific Northwest for our next uh, next podcast. That should be exciting. And then after that, may talk a little uh, New York Mets City field action with my friend Stephen Key. We're going to talk about a night where we got into an argument with some scalpers. We drove a DeLorean and probably probably booed a few friends. So. Should be fun and a little different conversation than uh, normal. So that's all on the Ballpark Hunter podcast. I'm also going to be doing some uh, reviews with Ed Rivera on uh, current rebrands, uh, especially uh, the new Pioneer League team up in Flathead Valley, along with the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Yankees or Scranton Wilkes-Barre uh, Rail Riders bringing out an old look. And who else? Charm City, Lemire, Wyoming. They have a new team name up there. I mean, every day somebody's coming up with something new in the world of baseball, but we're going to try to talk about it on this podcast here. And if you have any suggestions or ideas, if you want me to make contact with some of your favorite teams, let me know. Write to Ballpark Hunter, P.O. Box 110, Syosset, New York, 51432. No, that's not a real address. Do not write there, please. It's a joke. All right. We'll see you guys next time. I'm out. 